Hello and welcome back to the How to Become a Doctor podcast. I'm Lucy, a fourth year medical student at the University of Cambridge, and on this podcast we bring you all the information we wish we knew when applying to medicine. Through interviewing inspiring guests in the healthcare world and talking to organisations including the King's Fund and GMC, we'll share our experiences and teach you how to become a doctor. As always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at How to Become a Doctor with Doctor Spelt DR to keep up to date with everything we're doing. So without further ado, let's jump in today's episode. Hiya, welcome back everyone. Today I'm here with a very special guest that we can talk about paediatric neuroradiology. So Dr. Diarco, do you mind just introducing yourself to our listeners? Hi, I'm, my name is Felice. I'm Italian and I'm a paediatric neuroradiologist at Great Ormond Street Hospital in London. I'm very happy to be here. Brilliant. Okay, so if you don't mind, if you could just give us a brief overview of what neuroradiology actually is because I'm not sure many of our listeners will have heard it before. So neuroradiology is basically a branch of radiology that is focused in studying human brain and spine. Some of the neuroradiologists also are involved in pathology and uh, of the head and neck region meaning the, the soft tissue of the face, the eye, the ears and so on which is also something that I like very much. And in particular, I am pediatric neuroradiologist, meaning that I'm interested in the brain and spine of children. Okay. And so when I first found out that you're a pediatric neuroradiologist, the first question that came into my head was which drew you to your specific niche first? Was it pediatrics or was it neuroradiology? So for me, it's neuroradiology. Okay. It's not the same in the country. You know, in UK, for instance, there are a lot of pediatric radiologists that do also neuropediatrics but not adult but yeah. as you know in medicine there is a lot of overlap uh, and my background is first in neuroradiology and then I specialized in pediatric neuroradiology. Okay and um, what was it that attracted you to pediatrics in general what does it offer over adult neuroradiology? Well the the first thing is that the the child is not uh, a small adult in medicine it's very, very different and it changed a lot depending on the age. And it's fascinating the way the brain of a child evolves and, and adapts to change and also to pathology. You, we know that a stroke in an adult is something very serious, but in a child, the same stroke in the brain can lead also to much better development because of the neuroplasticity. A lot of brain tumor in children can be cured and this is really, really something fascinating for me. And also the expansion in the knowledge about neurogenetic disorder that, of course, are more important in children than in, in adults. So all this combination of interesting facts related to pediatric brains made me interested in this branch. And also I had a mentor who was a lovely woman called Alessandra in Naples, and she was passionate about that. And you know, mentorship is important. And she really transferred to me the passion for the pediatric neuro field. Okay. So how did you gain further experience then when you realized this was sort of an area you were interested in? Could you go straight from being a general neuroradiologist into pediatrics or did you have to do any special training? And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, so in general, it depends by the country. In UK, you need to finish your radiology training first, and then you can specialize in neuroradiology. And normally, we do that through a fellowship. So you do a fellowship in neuroradiology, and part of this fellowship is 
focus on pediatric. Like for instance, in London, there is the pan-London neuroradiology rotation. What I did though, was to do one year internship in neuroradiology in Belgium during my general radiology training. And then one year after the radiology training in a pediatric neuroradiology fellowship in Toronto SickKids. So as a general rule is uh, that the best way to specialize yourself is through fellowship. And did you choose to do those abroad? Could you have done those in the UK or is it just something that is really rich in neuroradiology ability to go yeah. to lots of different places? You can do in UK, but uh, just a general neuroradiology with some okay. pediatric training. The pediatric neuroradiology fellowships are in US and in Canada at the moment. Wow, that must have been very exciting. Yeah, very nice place, very busy hospital. So yeah, it was stressful, but very, very fulfilling. Okay, good. Um, so how long did that take you then? So there was the, is it three years for general radiology and then those two additional years of those neuroradiology and pediatric neuroradiology specialisms? So I come from an Italian system and at the time I had five years of general radiology with mm-hmm. the possibility of spending some time in neuroradiology. So let's say 60-40%. So yeah. 60 general and then I specialized in neuro plus one year of fellowship. So a total I did after my medical degree, I did six years of training. But again, it's very important if you decide, if you are sure that you want to become a specialized doctor, in my case, a pediatric neuroradiologist, it's better that you dedicate part of your extra time from uh, outside the, the background standard trainings to your area. So you start as soon as possible. Okay. So if you did have any further advice for medical students wanting to pursue this sort of niche area of paediatric neuroradiology, what would it be? Okay, so thank you for this question. So basically I have done, because I'm involved in a lot of scientific presentation in national and international congresses together with my colleagues, I have a YouTube channel where I put some of my lectures. Some of them are very simple, some of the like basic of clinical MRI, what, what does it mean, uh, uh, what is MRI and so on, some a bit more complicated. Uh, and there are also some friends that are guests, so they can check me out just putting my name on YouTube. And I have this YouTube channel where I put all my lectures so they can have a look. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So maybe to help our listeners figure out whether paediatric neuroradiology would be for them, could you talk a little bit about what life is like day to day in your position? Yeah. So first of all, I'm a clinical pediatric neuroradiologist. So of course, you can also be some sort of surgeon, uh, IR radiology. So for me, it's just, uh, so we have, um, we come in the reporting room every day. We have some scans to reports and we go to the MR scanners or magnetic resonance to check with our radiographer what is, you know, what's going on, if we need to change some protocol and so on. And then we have a lot of multidisciplinarity meeting, which is the most fun part and interesting part of our job, where a lot of professionals from other branches like neurologists, neuro-oncologists, radiotherapists discuss complex cases to reach a consensus. And this is really, really the essence of our job because we are nothing alone. We need to work together with neurosurgeons, for instance. You had Dominic Thompson before in, in your podcast. So this is very, very important that we learn from each other, we, we, are, we constantly ch- challenge each other scientifically, and this is how we try to 
achieve the best for the patient. And then of course, there is the research part and the academic part that if you are in such a hospital like me and Dominic are, so Great Ormond Street is, has a lot of complex cases and allow us to do some publications. So one day a week, I spend to do some research and presentation from congresses. Again, very, very nice to interact with colleagues from all over the world and understand how they do, how they approach the same problem in a different way. So, And I was just wondering, what are the bad aspects about being a radiologist or a paediatric neuroradiologist? Is there anything you don't like? So, well, there are two things. The first thing is that, of course, as radiologists, we don't have too much contact with patients, especially as pediatric neuroradiologists, because we work on MRI, so the patient just come to the scanner and we look at the images, while general radiologists, they do a lot more invasive examinations. And also, of course, it can be very sad job because there are very difficult and, and dangerous diseases we are dealing with. But on the other side, to be honest with you, I think that especially with the multidisciplinary approach, I see these people working hard to make a difference And really, you do make a difference, even in the worst uh, case scenario, when a child, uh, you you know, that have disease that is not curable, you try to support the family, you try to give the child quality time, there are psychologists, there are also palliative care team, they are amazing. So something that can be perceived from outside, like a sad job, is actually giving a lot of hope. And, And this is something that sometimes, you know, I don't like, but in general, overall, the bigger picture is a positive one. And my colleagues, especially, they're changing the course of very bad disease sometimes on a positive side for a lot of children. So I think at the end of the day, it's really, really worth Brilliant. So what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your career so far? The bigger lesson is that you need your colleagues and you need to be very, very humble because especially if you work in a hospital like Great Ormond Street, we are at the cutting gauge. There is no right or wrong answer. Most of the time, you need to do a judgment call on balance of probability, and you need to be really humble toward um, the field because we don't know a lot of things. And this is the beauty of, of our job, you know, the, the learning more and more. So that's something very, very important. Sometimes it's not easy. You need to be grounded and be focused all the time. Lovely. Okay. So my final question is actually about where you think you see the future of radiology and neuroradiology going in the next few years. Because if we think back to 100 years ago, we didn't have all these scanners that we rely on every single day. So what do you think might happen in the future? Well, I think uh, the most important uh, cultural shift going on is toward artificial intelligence, because now imaging are basically data. And there is a lot more collaboration that we are having with physicists, engineers, mathematicians, and so on. So to use our clinical expertise to guide the evolution of artificial intelligence, I think is is the future. Maybe they will not need radiologists anymore. I don't think so, because we still have a lot to say. You know, they say the same about geneticists. They say, well, genetics is going toward automatic gene analysis this fast next generation analysis so we will not need geneticists anymore but actually now they need more because there are so many variants so many things that we didn't know about human genome coming out and you need an expert to try to 
divide between the true genetic abnormalities and something that is just a variant. So I see radiology going forward that path and I see the artificial intelligence helping a lot at least to separate the normal scan from the abnormal and then giving us more time to focus on the complex cases. Yeah. Okay. So what would you suggest that our listeners do if they wanted to find out a bit more about pediatric neuroradiology? Okay, so thank you for this question. So basically, because I'm involved in a lot of uh, scientific presentation in uh, national and international congresses together with my colleagues, I have a YouTube channel where I put some of my lectures. Some of them are very simple, like basics of uh, clinical MRI. What, what does it mean? Uh, uh, what is MRI and so on? Some are a bit more complicated. And there are also some friends that are guests. So they can check me out just putting my name on YouTube. And uh, they can, uh, I have this YouTube channel where I put all my lectures so they can have a look to this lecture. Brilliant. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more, be sure to check out all our previous episodes ranging from our highly popular open pods, UCAT, BMAT and interview advice episodes and more. Keep an eye out for our new series this academic year and make sure to follow us on our Instagram at how to become a doctor with doctor spelled DR for more and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you never miss an episode. See you next time. Bye.